back to the hunt as we kick off Supernatural Season 2 in my time of dying. My name is Chris Barrows. And I'm Dan Cummins. Chris, it's good to be back. We have Season 1 uh, now done, ready to move on to Season 2. I don't even want to say anything else. I, I kind of just want to crack right into it because this first episode, what a banger. This is a 9.3, Chris, as, as you know. We'll soon learn the plot and what's at stake here. But this first episode in season two is the same score, which was the highest score of the finale of season one. So we're not playing around here as we jump into season two. No, we are not. This one aired on September 28th, 2006, directed by Kim Manners once again. As you mentioned, that IMDb rating was a 9.3. And we are following Dan up in the aftermath of the car crash. Uh, in the description, they say the surviving Winchester's which is a weird description actually because they all serve, they all at this point are technically alive, right? Right. Um, so go to the hospital where one is stalked by a reaper while another must consider sacrificing himself to save the others, uh, which you have to imagine just a perspective here. When this first airs, reading that description, you have no clue who is going to be who because we're talking about three men, right? Yeah. So you see this description, imagine this description like leaking six months in advance or whatever, you know, could have happened. I, that perspective of, wait a minute, what? Who's going to do what? Because this show, still new, could have continued with, say, Sam dead, Dean dead, and John hunting with one of the sons. Totally. And that could have occurred. So I just think it's really interesting. Yeah, and if I had not seen this episode and read that for the first time, Chris, I might think that it was maybe John that was dead or Sam that was dead. I wouldn't necessarily say Dean would be the dead one because usually, and as John alludes to later in the episode, Dean has been the glue to keep the family together. So you wouldn't expect Dean to be the one to be sort of killed off, right? He's not necessarily killed off, but he is a spirit disembodied. Uh, it's a great point. Yeah. But we have some great characters in this one. We got John Winchester back in there. Bobby Singer is in this one. Jim yep. Beaver, of course. Tessa's in this one. Uh, always great. I, I I like this 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 version. I have to say this this Tessa as a character is fantastic. Lindsay McKeon, um, good performance in this one. I really like. Oh yeah, the way she delivers in this role. And then we got Yellow Eyes is in this one as well. But let's talk monsters. We have seen Reapers, Faith, an episode that was high on your list last year, Dan. So oh, yeah. Reapers, this is a much different Reaper. The Reaper we saw was scary. Grotesque. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dean is essentially, at, 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 I'm not going to say he's hitting on her, but it, he may as well be at a certain point. So very different in terms of appearance than that first appearance. Oh, yeah. And, you know, she even says as much. I, I tried to show you who I really was and I freaked out. That hurts a girl's feelings. That was, you know, the quote that she throws at him. So, of course, to Dean, she appears as a pretty girl to allow Dean to feel a little more comfortable. And, you know, eventually, once he finds out that Tessa is, in fact, a reaper, we learn a little bit more about why she took that appearance, what her intentions are. Um, but, yeah, reapers. I mean, this isn't the first time, Chris, but certainly... They uh, have increased the budget for special effects in season two. Season one, that was one of the things that you and I had uh, criticized the producers for was poor uh, special effects. But it was the pilot season, right? They don't exactly know what to uh, expect. In this appearance, though, man, was that Reaper creepy. Sorry. Uh, the, the Reaper prior to Tessa being cast in her you know, uh, later manifestation when it's just the spirit, Chris, I thought that was really creepy. 
Yeah, it, it is when you see it like there's like the hovering, the idea of that hovering spirit soul sucking it it brings up a you know if you're you watch harry potter it, i think it brings me visions of harry potter yes uh that's what comes to mind now but reapers are these they're described as divine supernatural beings and they are escorting the souls to the afterlife um yeah and if they refuse or are unable interesting phrasing um basically that's they can remain in the veil as ghosts, but eventually we find out that's how we get the vengeful spirit. Right. Because you stay in the veil too long. You can't go. I mean, just imagine that, that idea of being stuck, say, in this hospital. And all you can do is wander around this hospital, you know? So uh, it's, it's it, there's there's not much ideal to that. No, but what's interesting is that Tessa, you know, tells Dean that everybody has a choice. When you die, you are given a choice by your Reaper on whether or not you want to cross over or stay as a ghost, right? So, Chris, you and I have met a ton of vengeful spirits in season one. We sort of empathize with them a little bit, but now after hearing Tess's explanation that all of these people actually chose to stick around, they had a choice. They could have moved on, but all of those vengeful spirits, they said, nah, I want to stick around a little bit. I don't feel quite satisfied with life. For me, it's like, okay, well, you know, you had a choice to go to heaven or, you know, wherever you would have ended up. The Reaper doesn't know. Um, but the fact that everybody has a choice and we'll later learn Chris, of course, Bobby decides to stay in the veil as she puts yes. it. So, uh, we, you know, we never actually get to hear what Dean's decision is in this episode because of course we'll get there, right. What happens to Dean, but I am interested to see what his decision would have been. Uh, it's very black and white. Uh, she kind of rushes it. We're not, you know, reapers. They're, they're very down to business. The fact that she gives Dean this much time in this episode um, I think is a rare occurrence, as she says. You have to make up your decision pretty quickly. And Tessa really makes, you know, staying in the veil sound really scary. So the fact that people would stay there, I mean, all of those people are crazy. And of course, they become vengeful spirits, right? Anyone that says yes is sticking around. You must be insane. You you lose your mind. Um, yeah. Literally, your, your spiritual exactly. mind. <laughs> yes, your identity. But, but let's hit, let's just talk about this episode. We start where, again, the last episode, the finale, there was a semi-truck crashes into the Impala. Uh, the driver was possessed by a demon, tries to kill him. Sam flashes the Colt up. Demon kind of says, you're not going to use that. You got one bullet. Yeah. Um, he, he does run away, though. He does. He, he, I think he realizes what's going on. And then we end up back in the hospital. And what's interesting here is that I think what's fascinating is we see Dean very quickly realizing that he is a disembodied spirit. I mean, that is, that, that's a huge deal here. Uh, and him realizing that moment and kind of that moment when you see Sam sad um, and as we'll find out questioning what his father is going to do. He's like, what are you going to do, dad? What are you going to do, dad? Yeah, thanks, Sam. But what are you doing, dad? And he's upset. Like, he's upset. We, we've talked about this before, his frustrations with his dad at times. And in, in this particular case, I mean, he, his dad says, I need some, I need you to go get some stuff, Sam. And Sam's like, what, what about Dean? What about Dean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love the panic in Jensen's eyes when Dean realizes he's a spirit, right? He goes up to a woman at the counter and kind of snaps his fingers and says, Hey, why can't you hear me? And then he sees himself on the bed. I thought that was really like excellent acting on Jensen's part. Cause I really felt for him. Imagine seeing your own body laying on a hospital bed. I mean, he really sold that well. 
Um, but yeah, we open up and Sam is kind of grilling John. You know, you're just sitting here. What what are we going to do about this? Um, because in season one, right, Dean also almost died uh, in the episode Faith, where we also saw the you know the first Reaper, right? And where was John? Nowhere to be seen. So Sam is reflecting on some older uh, feelings that he had in season one, but. We quickly learn, and, and jumping ahead, Chris, this is sort of John's uh, swan song, uh, another allusion to, to season five there, but um, John has a plan. Sam doesn't know what the plan is yet, and so unfortunately in, in John's final moments here, Sam and John, you know, they, they kind of just, uh, what did, how does John refer to it? They, they lock horns, they butt heads for most of the episode, which is really sad because this is, you know, John's final goodbye, and him and Sam don't actually have a very good one. So I really felt for Sam in this episode because I know how this episode ends as, as a rewatch experience. Um, but John does have a plan. He just, he can't quite tell Sam what it is yet because he knows what the reaction would be. Yeah. And the ingredients, by the way, oil of abramelin, which is a ceremonial magic oil blended with aromic plant materials. And then mm -hmm. the ancient... As Akia, how did we say this Ac one now? Acacia. Acacia, that's it. Acacia, yeah. Which is a symbol of regeneration, perseverance, and integrity. Uh, it's actually uh, represents the immortality of a human soul in Freemasonry. So some interesting yeah. things. And that's where it's fascinating because when Sam goes to meet Bobby um, about it, Bobby basically first tells him that the car is totaled. Why do we bother fix this? It's like, we need to fix this, which is mm -hmm. a parallel to, we need to get Dean back. We need to save Dean. Right. Um, but Bobby also is kind of honest. Like you realize what this is for. Like these materials aren't anything to do with, with saving Dean. And yeah. uh, in that moment, again, that's what begins what you talked about. Sam getting angry. Um, but then we cut back to the hospital. And, and that is the fact that, Dean is losing his mind already really because he's just kind of like what's happening here. I know I'm dead. What can I do? Uh, and then he sees Tessa and this is the introduction of Tessa. Uh, we've got a reaper uh, in our sights and uh, she first, she first, she tries to play him, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, an interesting way to handle it. How often she's done this in, in the past. I don't know, but in this case, she tries to play him as if she is, uh, just a human who has died uh, and 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 that is in an attempt to get him to actually move on so maybe she detects immediately that he's gonna fight it going back to your question earlier he's gonna fight it. he does not want to move on yeah yeah you know and i think personally looking at dean and he's he's sort of the detective of the group right once he starts to see tessa accept her fate that's when I think he starts to get a bad feeling about Tessa. Like maybe this girl isn't in the same situation as me. She might not be who she appears to be. Right. And later on, he, he does discover that Tessa is just the Reaper in human form. Um, but it is a good distraction for Dean to kind of understand what his situation is. Um, see, uh, Sam, excuse me, really helps Dean understand and like connect the dots. Right. But Dean is starting to pick up the dots. I can't see other people all of a sudden this really pretty girl is now in my situation i'm seeing this other really scary thing take the soul of a girl next door to the room to me so dean is starting to pick up the dots but it's not until sam really um commits to fixing dean's situation that he can connect the dots right and sam is the one that says dean i'm not going to give up on you i don't know what dad's doing 
He's not helping you as far as I can tell. So I'm going to do whatever I can. Don't make fun of me, Dean. I'm going to go get a Ouija board. And how good was this scene, Chris? Sam <laughs> picks up a Ouija board from seemingly, you know, a toy store. Um, it doesn't look like something John owns. It quite literally looks like he bought it from Target, right? And he goes down and he sits down on the floor and he actually talks to Dean. And, and Dean is realizing that he has the power to communicate with Sam using physical force. Now, this is something that I think surprises even him. But Sam, throughout the episode, Chris, he even says to John at one point, he says, I feel like I can feel Dean around me. Like there are multiple scenes in this episode where uh, early on, Dean says something to the effect of, I'm not dying. You know, go find a voodoo priest and have them do some some mojo on me. Later in the episode, Sam says the exact same thing, almost as if he heard Dean. So Sam is, I think, tapping into something. I'm not quite sure if it's his psychic abilities or if it's just, you know, maybe Dean is pushing through um, because he's so powerful in his will. But um, thanks to Sam, Dean actually is able to understand what a Reaper is. He, he kind of looks over Sam's shoulder uh, as he's reading about Reapers and it clicks for him that that Reapers can take on a human form and Tessa might not be who she appears to be. Yeah, and I, I will just very briefly, because we do love lore on this show, I Googled this and uh, the Smithsonian Magazine had covered this, but it was in February 18, 1891, the first few advertisers started appearing in the papers. Ouija, the wonderful talking board. It was a, a Pittsburgh novelty shop describing a magical device that answered questions about the past present and future with marvelous accuracy accuracy and promised never failing amusement and recreation for all classes. Um, the original price, $1 and 50 cents. Wow. So it's so really, so uh, really a toy. It kind of just actually started as there's no real science behind it. Um, it's just a, a toy. And then it maybe just developed through movies and other media as a two way experience between us and spirits, I guess. Yeah. I mean, really the Ouija board has been marketed as a, you know, an important, thing and you know and for communication and also a toy uh apparently elijah bond a baltimore attorney was the first to patent the ouija board so um i don't know if i have all the dates correct here but when it comes down to it um that was just kind of one of the lead sentences in this article um called the strange and mysterious history of the ouija board you can look that up in smithsonian magazine so just a, an interesting little tidbit uh which Very i thought cool. people would like now yeah. Now, here's the deal, though. We know Sam knows this, but we can't ignore John. What the hell is John up to? So, mm. well, well, Dean's figured this out, and Dean's trying to do this, and Dean's having this back and forth, and this almost come-to-God moment, right? Because yeah. this is really what we're leading up to. Dean's almost ready to go, I think. I think Dean's almost accepting. Almost. Yeah. But meanwhile, John has taken these, these materials, and he is summoning the demon. And he's basically making a deal with the demon. It's, it's this great scene down in the cellar or the basement of the hospital. God knows how they worked out the location for this. Mm -hmm. um, but they're down there and they agree. You're going to give me the cult. But he says he wants something more. Uh, that's really what he's saying. He's like, that's that's not enough. Um, you know, he's willing to give himself up, obviously. And yeah. so he's willing to sacrifice himself, give up the cult. And all of this to make it so Sam and Dean can continue the fight. Now, it's you, you can again, as we've done, you can 
complain and all day long as you want about, uh, you know, him as a father, but he sacrifices himself for his sons in this episode, because in the moment when Dean is truly ready, I think to consider going or getting stuck there as a ghost in that moment, the yellow eyed demon takes over and suddenly Dean is back. Yeah. Um, but John's not dead yet. And I think that's, what's powerful. about this. It's not like John immediately is dead. They still have moments. And as you said, not the best moments for Sam. No, not the best moment for Sam. Now, Chris, as a John defender, let me just see my way out because, uh, well, you know, he'll be back in later seasons, right? But not in this capacity. Um, this is John's really his redeeming moment, in my opinion. He by by summoning the 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 yellow eyed demon and giving over the cult, the bullet, and then his life. Right? Not only is he quitting his life's mission, right? His life's mission. Let's not let's not undermine that at all. It has been his mission in life. Above being a father, above being a good person, it has been his life's mission to kill this demon for the sake of, you know, avenging his wife, protecting his kids, protecting the world, really. Right. So not only is he quitting his life's mission, he's also handing over humanity's only shot to save the world. Okay. Let's, let's not, uh, you know, move past that too quickly either, because John, not the best father, but at least he understands something's not right here in the world. I know what it is. I have a lead. I'm going to do my best to kill it to make sure that there are no other families to have to go through what I've been through, right? So not only is he quitting his life's mission, not only is he giving up humanity's only shot at killing you know, the most evil thing humanity has ever seen, he's also giving his own life up just to save his son. Now, you might be listening to this and saying, yeah, but you know, he wasn't there when Dean was 12 and Dean had to spend all these nights alone in a motel and you know, Sam didn't have a proper, you know, education and you know the boys are scarred for life okay i hear you but he did all of this just to save his son in a matter of what like 48 hours i think they're in the hospital for Mm -hmm. um pretty quick turnaround pretty quick decision on his part and you're right he he didn't go right away he had a chance for an apology and i thought it was pretty good right uh he apologized to dean he said dean um, you know, I used to come home from hunts really down, really depressed, like very heavy stuff. And you always put your hand on my shoulder and you said it was okay. And Dean, I'm sorry you had to do that. Um, it should have been me doing that. I'm a, I'm a piss poor father. I'm really sorry, but your brother, he's going to turn into the devil in three more seasons. So, you know, <laughs> watch out for that. And then he's gone, right? Sam, where's Sam? He's out getting a cup of coffee, I think for him. Which is unfortunate for Sam, it, right? It's a beautiful cinematic shot, though. Some might call it corny. I thought it was well done with the coffee dropping. This like, yeah, and it, and it, it's it's just a telling. And then you see Sam just like wrecked, wrecked. Uh, and it's there's a powerful conversation. And I talk about quotes in this, but one of them is Sam goes, "You know, you care more about killing this demon than you do saving your own son." And um, and then Dean is there as a spirit. No, no, guys, don't do this. And John says, do not tell me how I feel. I am doing this for Dean. Dean is suffering through this scene because he's watching them. And I think in that moment, you realize why bringing Dean back is so important because Dean is glue yeah. to the scenario. Um, even if you left these two together, they would have never worked well together in the long run because this would have been the thing that haunted them. That mm-hmm. Dean died and they, neither one of them could do anything. Totally. I'm not saying they wouldn't have worked it out, but I, I just don't know if that group works. Sam and Dean work together. I think John 
and Dean work together, but Sam and John as just the duo, I just don't know if they would have teamed up well. Yeah, and you know why? It's because they're so similar, right? That scene you just said, Chris, uh, Sam is complaining to John that John's not doing anything to help Dean. Sam has no idea that John is going to sacrifice himself, literally sacrifice his soul for Dean's soul, right? So Sam and John, they've always been on the same page, but they approach things a little bit differently and they just can't seem to communicate because they're both so stubborn, right? So, yep. so that's why Sam and, and John don't work. Um, man, yeah, you just mentioned that 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 John's death scene and the slow motion and the coffee, the coffee dropping. Um, I thought there was, this was interesting, Chris, and this isn't something I found on like a supernatural wiki or anything like that, but they took the time to list John Winchester's death, okay, the exact time. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, you know, obviously when you do die, that is a thing, but I didn't think they needed to actually reference it in the show. So I did a little bit of digging just to see if the number had any significance. They say that he died at 1041 AM. So I just did some cross-referencing just as Sam would do on the internet. Um, and uh, 1041, interesting enough, if you switch those numbers around, the Isaiah Bible verse uh, 4110 reads the following. And this is the second half of it. The first half I didn't find to be so relevant, but the second half is, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Um, so personally, I looked at that and I said, well, I will strengthen you and help you. Is this maybe like a very loose reference to like John's everlasting presence in the show in the form of his journal? Because if you think about it, Sam and Dean, they are able to hunt the things that they hunt because of John's journal for the next what, like six seasons? Like, when do they stop referring to John's journal? Right. Season seven, maybe? Like, you know, I know, I think the latter half, they stop. But... And then eventually they have the Men of Letters books, which you can imagine they learn 20 million things from at that point. Right. That blows anything in John's journal out of the water. Totally. So, yeah. But I thought like, that was an interesting number play. You know, 1041, 4110. Maybe there's something there. I can't confirm that. I can't deny it. But... Um, I thought it was interesting, but, but yeah, rest in peace, John Winchester, as we cover in the next episode, Chris, they do give him a hunter's, uh, uh, burial. Can't call it a burial, more of a cremation, if you will. Yeah. Uh, it's a hunter's funeral. Hunter's, hunter's funeral. funeral. That's you. what it is. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting references. I mean, you hear blatantly Dr. Kripke over to PA in this episode. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and as, as we know here, the title, this is where we see it. The title card has changed yeah. from season one. So it's a little bit different now. It's very cool. With, it's it's instead of, we go from uh, kind of that supernatural dissolving out of flames. Uh, we go to essentially super dissolving out of flames with the first day having the form of a pentagram. Yeah. And so you're going to see these change and looks like different looks. And it's always something that we think we look forward to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's telling for what the season's going to be about. Right. The, the pentagram. Now we're really getting into the demons. It's not just going to be monster of the week for like 75 percent of the season no we're, we're really going to deal with this demon for the next two three seasons and and beyond so um i thought that was really cool in the intro seeing that that title card everyone has a favorite i think chris you said your favorite was season four was it or i'm season pretty sure four? It's four. Yeah, yeah i really like season five but i look forward to them and, and even on netflix i i watched the intros just to see the title card so right um yeah it was, it was cool to see that on this first episode of season two I've already talked quote, any quotes stand out for you in this one that just jumped out to you. Obviously, I think I think that conversation that I mentioned with Sam and Dean is the the one that jumps out to me because it just shows how, like you said, they're so alike. They're yeah. so stubborn. And Dean is the piece that allows them to work collaboratively. In the end, they are 
they are way too much like each other. Um, I compare it and I always like to say, I hope that I try to have a great relationship with my son, but I also acknowledge in that same way that I'm very much like my son in a lot of ways. We're mm-hmm. 11 days apart on the calendar per from a year perspective. Oh, wow. And we're both Tauruses and he's a Taurus slash Gemini. So like we gotta we gotta mm-hmm. be mindful, right? There, there's things that happen. I believe I do believe in that personality thing that happens with your when you're born and what's in the stars i i think it's interesting and um yeah so i yeah that's that's funny we should uh we should uh we should reference john's uh birth chart with sam's and and see if there's any like actual astrological evidence there Um, there may be there may be there may be yeah yeah mentioning question yeah yeah so so for me for me my favorite quotes are usually the ones that like if you gave somebody a quote based on a character, like they could tell who the character is immediately based on that one quote. So mine comes from uh, Tessa who before Dean realizes she's um, a reaper or, or perhaps right around the time he realizes she's a reaper. Tessa says, uh, Tessa, Tessa, Tessa says, I just think whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's out of my control. It's fate. Right. Dean says, huh? Uh, no, that's crap. you always have a choice you can either roll over and die or you can keep fighting no matter what and for me and chris as we get like all the way through season five dean is the leader of uh team free will right he is never going to take shit from nobody he is going to be exactly who he wants to be he's going to do what he wants to do and not like an angel's god himself is not going to tell dean what dean is going to do right and i i really love that and i remember seeing this episode for the first time and as a kid that really was powerful for me because you know as a as a kid or even like a teenager you feel like you have to do what people tell you right but here's dean winchester standing up for what he believes in against all odds like astro i mean biblical odds right forget astronomical biblical odds dean is just willing to do whatever he wants because he thinks he has that freedom and that quote for me was was really great and maybe the beginning of that art chris I, i can't recall another quote where um dean is so uh dead fast on like the whole free will thing and and to be fair we're only just getting into the angels and the demons and and, you know the the biblical stuff but this is a theme for dean that's gonna go on for the next three seasons so it was really cool to have that quote appear in this episode i agree and it's great to be back here recording for season two Uh, as we noted we're gonna be trying to be dropping um so in particular with with this the first week back we're, we're dropping an episode two episodes and then every so often you're going to see two episodes drop well we speed up some of some folks uh we've got that feedback that some people want to watch at a little faster pace so we're hoping this helps a little bit and it's still manageable on our end uh obviously um to drop two episodes a week consistently uh, i we didn't want to promise that but to drop two episodes a week every every few weeks hopefully will help with that and we do appreciate your feedback if you uh, are enjoying the show certainly please go ahead uh, make sure you subscribe share with your friends uh, and with the supernatural community uh, we'll certainly be present on reddit uh, and and all the other places where you've seen us but we want to thank you for taking time to listen and for returning here in season two i think it's important to note dan too if someone stumbles upon this for season two just a reminder we welcome you to go back and Go start with season one. We rec- we're going to keep doing this. We're going to be here. We got a lot of episodes to do. So uh, we've got a whole season's worth that you can go check out. And we thank you for coming on the hunt with us. But with that, Dan, I think that is it for this week. But we'll be back because after all, we've got work to do. 